What's up, Lo? What's up? Everyone watching this, this is episode three of At the Movies. We made it to three. And wow. uh, we made it to three. We haven't been canceled yet. <laughs> I don't know who's in charge. Wow. Lord uh, willing, we'll be back next week for episode four. Um, Still picking these up. I thought it'd be fun these? if we did. Yeah, I, I thought it'd be fun if we did something a little different this time and introduced the film by saying a sentence word by word. So I'll say a word and then you say a word. Okay. And we'll just, okay. And we'll just see how long we can. So, uh, this movie is about a character who loves Sex and uh, being tied to a or. <laughs> Anyways, we watched Videodrome. Well, yeah, so I was, I was gonna say I was trying to make it go toward the being. I was gonna say being brainwashed, and then I was and then trying to swing it towards like being tied to several uh, TV cults. Um, but that was a fun little. That was an exercise. We watched Videodrome, folks. That worked. I mean, it worked out pretty well for not knowing that we were doing that. So, I mean, hey. It's a free oh, show. For a loop it's, a, it's a free show, people. Come on. It's free. <laughs> I, I was. This is all right. So this is weird. This is a like a coincidence. Our first episode of Scanners. Yeah. 1981. Yep. And it makes sense that this film would be close to that chronologically because it's not there's not that huge of a break between the two. But we are also watching our Scorsese films. Yep. A comedy. 1982. Yeah. Videodrome, 1983. It's crazy. You know what another shocking similarity was to last week? What's that? We see another Masha. Is that an 80s name? That must have been an 80s name. I go all 29 years of my life. I've never heard the wow. word Masha, and there's another Masha in this film with a different director. Pretty crazy, huh? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's the first so that thing is, I thought That is of. a crazy... Uh... But I didn't tell you because I wanted to have something to talk about, so I kept that information myself. Like, a, like I was hoarding it. Like, can't can't let them know. Need it. My bit. Well, that's about all I have to talk about this week. J.K. This movie's Ooh. bonkers, and we have a ton to talk ride. about. Um, this might be a long so one. Video drone. So as we, yeah, I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be interesting to talk about because here's what I'll say before we actually get into Videodrome. What I would like to say is I have seen this movie to say three or four times. I don't know the first one or two times. I think I just took it at face value. Yeah. I was like, this movie's this rules. Like it's just, it's a Cronenberg movie. The effects are crazy. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of like body horror and uh, sex and violence and all kinds of stuff. And the last time I watched this film, I like tried really hard to to like dissect it, to analyze and figure out what was real and what wasn't and what was going on. 
I didn't have a great time doing that. I liked the movie, but I was like more confused than anything. So I went into this watch, which is wondering how I was going to react to this. And this time around, just took it at face value again. And I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I was blown away by this movie, man. Um, I So I watched a trailer before we started watching it because when I got it off Amazon, um, there was, you know, a trailer option. So like, oh, I'll, I'll like watch it. And it was so like 80s, that trailer was so like 80s and retro and it was so cool. And then the movie started and it was nothing like the trailer. <laughs> like at it's all. It's so funny because you said in the group chat, or not the group chat, the... Uh the Lomo chat that the trailer had you hyped. So I'm surprised that this was so much different. Yeah. I mean, so what did the trailer make it look like it just made it look like it was going to be more like, like animation, I guess, as far as like, so there's a lot of like characters and like bright lights and kind of, I thought there's going to be like more kind of like, like a stranger things vibe, I guess with kind of like the color scheme and, how everything was yeah. kind of like it was quick, it was fast paced in the trailer, and uh, the movie itself became fast paced, but it was just so much different. But I was still just as hyped when we started watching it. Man, I love this movie. So, hey, it worked. Yeah, we'll get into the plot a little bit. Uh, Videodrome is the story of a sleazy uh, cable TV channel manager Not named to be confused Max Ren, played by. Not to be confused with me, <laughs> James Sleazebardo. First. As everybody knows, Lomo does own a. We do own a cable channel, um, and we also own the rights to the video drum tapes from the film, and mm-hmm. we will be airing them to give everyone twenty four hours. Tumors uh, that will uh, grow inside their body and make them want to do things and get rid of the old flesh. What a far out! Yeah, long live the new flesh, man! Long live the new flesh! Long, long live the new flesh! Uh, by James Woods. Actual sleazeball James Woods, um, who is very good at, at these characters. Um, he is shown this signal that is purportedly being uh, originating out of Pittsburgh. And it is a television program called Videodrome. It is a, a pirated program. It's essentially a snuff film. Hey, it was str- straight out of Bloomfield. That's why, I wore my, that's why I wore my Bloomfield shirt today, because we're talking about something a little bit that has to do with Pittsburgh. I would have a cup, of Tim, a cup of Tim Hortons, too, since it's a Canadian film, but can't get it down no, It's like you, a Pittsburgh, you know, a stay in Pittsburgh isn't complete unless you, you know, it's like, got to go down there, you got to get some pierogies, you got to get your parking chair, and you got to turn into the local snuff you get yeah um, channel local you got the, you actually have to go buy a five gallon bucket of pierogies dump a bunch of sauerkraut <laughs> in it grab your parking chair get down to the snuff film place and have yourself a good old time <laughs> good old pittsburgh tradition baby pittsburgh tradition somebody um, somebody who's actually from pittsburgh is gonna go wait a second that guy's accent's a little off originally not from pittsburgh everybody hate the hate to break that to you but i tried my best yeah I mean, t- I technically lived in Pittsburgh for a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I guess you could call me a bit of a Pittsburgher myself. No. Anyways. Um, so Eodrome is, is this snuff uh, channel 
that he is shown and he is trying to get more information about it. Um, trying to secure it to show on his station essentially, yeah. uh, because he is into, he shows a lot of soft core, like porn stuff essentially on his channel. And he thinks that things are like missing this hard edge. So, um, he meets a woman while on TV discussing sex and violence on television. Um, he meets a woman who supposedly disagrees with him. Why she's there to talk about the morality of the like, thing. You get that like uh, one time. They, you get to like, that was a, like she dropped right. that point. They dropped that point quick. The movie, man, quick. They're like, Ooh. yeah, he asks her out. He asks her out to dinner on air. Um, also featured at the, I don't want to get too murky into details, but it's important to mention too. And, uh, throughout the film, and while they are being while they are on television, they are interviewed alongside uh, Doctor Oblivion, who is reporting via TV set. Professor um, Doctor O. Oblivion. O parenthesis Oblivion. Uh, Doctor Oblivion. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. Type of Doctor Oblivion. <laughs> are but it's actually it sounds very bad when you say it like it sounds like a weird writing choice when you say it like that um max run hooks up with nikki iteratively and literally we find out that nikki is into a bit of the old pain and pleasure snm kind of thing um and the movie Really, there's not much I can say to describe the rest of the film other than at this point, Videodrome has infiltrated Max Ren's brain. It is causing increasingly severe hallucinations uh, to the point where, you know, they start with him thinking that he has hit one of his uh, secretaries and he is, he's kind of frustrated and he's panicking um, and oh, it turns into thought- him. Oh wow! This whole man, that's crazy. I thought that actually happened, but you're right. That is about when the hallucinations start. All right, keep going. She she also says he apologizes for hitting her. Yeah. She says, "Hit me? You never hit me." Um. I thought it was like a weird thing. Like it, she was like into as- him, so she was like, "Oh no, you didn't hit me." And I was like, "Oh man, everybody just likes to be hit in this movie." So I just kind of thought it was. Everyone, yeah, everyone's into the S and M thing. Yeah. Uh. Starts with things as small as that, and then it it goes all the way up to your your Cronenberg. We're gonna well, we're gonna call the Cronenberg special, which is a vagina like uh, orifice developing on James Gunn's stomach or James Wood's stomach that he is just scratching and fondling and shoving his gun into. Yeah, that was. Um, <laughs> at that point, I was like, "All right, I'm here. Okay, buckle up." Shoving that gun right into his chest. Eventually turns into like a a a VCR. People are that uh, these people who know of Videodrome and what it does to you are at this point at the end of the film, essentially using Max Ren to uh, they as a brainwashed person to assassinate people the other side and there's some back and forth that goes on he's basically caught in the middle of these two uh for lack of a better term i mean i'm gonna say cults it's not like a cult cult but it is these two like radical uh kinds of thoughts yeah an opposite you know that uh they're on opposite technology both believe the same thing that technology that that technology and that living on television is like 
this new kind of flesh and this next step beyond reality, but they disagree on how that how to use that. Um, it's like just a I told you this, just a and there's a good chance to use our sensor bar. Just a mind. Hit the hit the bar. The movie, folks. Uh, <laughs> you, it's it's. I forgot I had um, my mic muted because you can hear the other person in the room just smashing their mouse. So I muted it, but apparently the sensor bar doesn't work if I have my mic muted. So I'm like, I can hear it, but you're like, are you gonna hit it? And I'm like, I am hitting it. I'm like, is this a bit? And it was like almost as much of a mind, almost as much of a mind f as this movie. Great segue, Jimmy. Um, we should use that clip for bloopers. Me going, and we can find. And that you can just slowly zoom on my face on our TikTok, where you can find all of our bloopers. Well, not all of them. The ones from this show and a couple of these shows. You can find our bloopers on our TikTok, and there's some other places you can find our bloopers and, and behind the scene shots too. But we're not going to talk about it because we've talked about it enough. Patreon.com. Guess what, folks? I know Lomo Media. So, yeah, I was going to say, guess what, folks? I know exactly what the handle to that is because it is just Lomo Media. Go to TikTok. It's at Lomo Media. This has nothing to do with video drum. We're going to cut this up. Um, although, to bring it back in, how interesting would it be to do something like video drum now that is more about content that is online versus VHS tapes and cable television? Because that was such a prominent media type in the 80s. And now, obviously, it's like, you know, I don't know. That could go either way. You'd have to get the right filmmaker behind it because I could see it being corny. But I think it would be interesting to revisit. That was a nice segue into telling our viewers expect uh, expect maybe a Videodrome-esque style film or sketch <laughs> from us. I log directly from Videodrome. People are watching our TikToks. They're like, what is this TikTok? And the person's like, a mysterious signal that's coming from Pittsburgh and it's us talking about like poop <laughs> and, and the signal is just like destroying their brain <laughs> that's funny um, so yeah I'm I am that's that's about how how as much as I want to describe the movies as in terms of a synopsis goes but this is where I want to get into uh, you said this movie blew you away when I talked to you last night we watched it together you said that was going to be hanging around in your head for a few days that's free i want to know i my biggest thing is that i as a first time watcher a movie that is i would say less straightforward than scanners um there's more to think about i think in this movie what were your thoughts what stood out to you what did you like i'm still you know, i'm still thinking about those scenes man a lot of those scenes and it's very cronenberg style that body or uh, when you start seeing like those bodies crack open, you see Max's body like distort and just almost his abdomen turns into like a VCR, which fits the whole theme of the movie. And then when he's watching it on his TV at his apartment, the TV starts to pulsate like it's Nikki and then Nikki becomes the TV almost and you hear her like moans and you see the veins in the top and everything in that living room starts to pulse and become real. And then he just shoves his head into like 
the glass and the TV and becomes one. It just, those scenes are so going to stick good. with me. And to come from an eighties film, it was so well done and so well directed that like, even I think now it's like you could CGI that all you want nowadays and do the special effects later. But that was real. Like they were making oh. a real, real attempt and it was very successful. And the characters I think were, well written each of those characters you kind of knew what they wanted and kind of like how they were trying to get there and uh, manipulate this world and then the thought of like what is a reality like they really question what is reality and i love that in movies i love that in anything uh and i get a lot of like influence from that kind of style it's like you know dr oblivion's like tv media is a reality it is a your mind's eye that's what you fixate on so he's basically saying like your own personal life is not a reality what your perception is is a reality and i think that's huge that's it this is not a like philosophical like video well, show but it was just crazy kinda, to i think mean about. no it is worth thinking about and there is a philosopher that uh i gonna pull this up on wikipedia beforehand there is a philosopher actually that didn't believe the exact same things that dr oblivion did but at Cronenberg based that character on. Um, and I believe that he does say something about, I believe Dr. Oblivion says something about um, how the, at a certain point, uh, being how you are perceived by others. And, and in this case, it is like through television. But I think if you take a step back, I think it's more just about other people perceiving you. He basically says that that is closer to reality than whatever you yeah, like and that's kind of what, from your point of view. And that's kind of like I even said this to you in our uh in the Lomo chat is I kind of somewhat agree with this. Is I agree with like especially with what we're doing. We do so many different forms of media. You know, like this show, the Lomo show sketches, short films, and we ourselves are going to be portraying different actors. I mean, this probably in this show is the realist you're going to see us and also in the Lomo show. Those are like our real authentic selves, but not really because we're still kind of putting up an act a little bit, you know, it's still like showtime when this happens, you know? So if you're only perceived by like three or four people in your current space of how you really are and hundreds or thousands or millions perceive you in a different light, you're almost, that is the reality of who uh, you are is the perception. It, it makes you question your identity. Um, Which I've never done that... before. That's crazy. I've never, never questioned who I am <laughs> ever in my life. This is nuts. It, it... <laughs> It took 30 years and, <laughs> and several, several, what, 29? 29, yeah. I Take it again. You know, this is a sensitive subject. <laughs> it took 29 years and several Cronenberg films <laughs> to make Jimmy start to question reality. Um, I, uh, I think it's, I also think that this is part of it. You can, you can think that this is maybe a stretch if you want. But the idea that notoriously, I'm not going to get into why. You can Google search if you want to know why. The idea that notoriously not good guy, James Woods, plays this character so well. And he has a reputation for playing. I watched a movie the night before we watched this called Vampires, a John Carpenter film. And he is the protagonist, potentially. It is like the most likable protagonist and the the most 
sleazeball protagonist that you could really imagine. And, you know, you, you could say it's a stretch, but there's something about this movie talking about how you are perceived and like how you are seen uh, in this film on on screen um, being more real than or transcending the things that you do in real life. And I just think it's very interesting that we have this guy that is has done some bad things um, training these characters that are that are also making these decisions and 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 doing some bad things yeah it's interesting um, when they're talking at first you know max talks he you know he's uh, the simple answer to when he's asked like why do you do these things like don't you care about society he's like yeah i care but we're small and i need to do what i can to compete it was almost like that ruthless nature of him and a lead was like the really like keystone of the rest of the movie once he says those lines I think this movie also has the potential to be horny if it was done incorrectly. Like when you find out that uh, he meets this, he meets this man very convex who works for a uh, essentially what is a weapons company, but their front is eyeglasses um, and and eye eyewear. Um, and we find out that this man has been in cahoots with one of his employees uh, in order to expose him to Videodrome because they know what it does to people when they show it to them. And he has this this very short monologue about, you know, you watched it. Why did you watch it? Why did you enjoy it? And there's this thing. There is this kind of film that is ultra-violent, that is has sex like questionable uh not questionable but i guess just it has like sex it has violence and it turns this thing towards the viewers and points at them and it's like why you know it's like it's almost like uh there's a lot i think there's a lot of movies that try to do that and they do it the wrong way like it, it makes you feel like oh like are they trying to point the finger at me for watching this or whatever the way that this movie approaches the moral question of whether or not sex and violence actually affects people. Um, it's almost like not the, not the main theme of the film Yeah, it is it is a, it's like a, it's like a subplot. I mean, it's a theme that makes sense. It's a theme of the film, but it has less to do with the film than, than asking yourself about, you know, these meta questions that we were talking about before. And I think it would be corny if it had pointed a finger at the audience and said like, Oh, you're the one that loves Cronenberg films, but that's not what it does. Would you want to watch something like that? And it's almost, I don't know. Why did he want to watch it? You know, was it for his business? Was it for him? Was it for other reasons? I mean, he had a lot of reasons to watch it. I think that's true in today's society too. Like yeah, we're yeah. judged on what we watch. You know, people are going to be judged watching this. I'm judging you for watching this. <laughs> People are judged for watching Loma. Why do you watch this stuff? Sex, violence. Why do you watch the Lomo show? Uh, two um, things we don't have at, at the movies is sex and violence. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we are missing out on both. Folks. Don't worry about those. <laughs> Shout out both. It is, it is dry over here, ladies Ooh, and gentlemen. And zero Ooh. violence. <laughs> think about why he was watching it and i didn't think that i didn't think about the way that he starts he does start watching it for the purposes of his to further his cable channel and then at a certain point when nikki enters his life 
because of his encounters with her turns into something where he is like personally seeking out Videodrome, uh, which is, which is very interesting. I want to touch on the pace of this movie because we watched scanners before this. And I think we both like scanners. Um, but I did mention that I think watching that film, I thought it was a little bit slower than I remembered being. Yeah. Um, and this this film is like an hour and 29 minutes with credits. And after the first act, like after the half hour mark, it pretty much starts ratcheting up the moment that he the moment that the TV starts breathing and he starts hallucinating from that point forward, it doesn't really let up. Um, and I think that this is just a masterclass in facing your film, having increasingly jarring and effective special effects. Yeah. Um, the twists in this film, the the character reveals, the introductions, f- figuring out who's on what team and why. Just done so well. I mean, I can't see you can see this film not being for everyone, but I can't see people thinking that this is boring. No, not at all. I mean, this is, you know, I know, I mean, now I think it's a good time to go into it now, I think is, um, this is now sitting at number one for my Cronenberg films. This is number one now. Okay. Wow. So let me look at what we've watched again, um, because I, I'm going to write these down tonight. So I have a better idea. Um, I know for a fact that, Oh, I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say I know for a fact, based on things I've seen that we haven't covered yet, that this isn't my number one. I'm not going to say that because things change when you rewatch. Yeah, I mean, you films. were you're you really changed your opinion of Scanners. Not really your opinion, but kind of like you were like, I remember how you say and like, oh, this is slower than I remember. So we'll see, you know. And yeah, I'm going like, to go ahead and say. You know, and I personally think that, like, I have my perception of where these Scorsese films are going to end up in my eyes as well. But I don't know. We'll see when I watch them again. I'm going to go ahead and say that this is, for me, this is still number two to The Brood. But it is pretty easily, I think, from a technical standpoint. I mean, I really that this is the best Cronenberg film we've watched yet. So here's my question, I guess, for you. We talked a little bit about this last night. I don't want to, you know, go too long. But uh, we talked about what was real and what wasn't. And you said something interesting where you were like, at a certain point, you were just like, it's all real. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like some of it is clearly not real. So in the sense that like some of it is clearly, you know, in a in a world that is based in, logic and our laws of physics and what we know to be real. Some of it is clearly not real. We know that he's having these hallucinations because of, because of Videodrome. And so kind of something I picked up for the first time when I watched this last night was that hallucinate, a lot of the hallucination stuff can just be seen as being like a interpretation of someone being brainwashed, you know, like somebody is not actually physically putting a tape in his chest they are telling him to go kill so two handful of people and yeah so you either come from the camp that you think this movie is you're watching it as a third person viewer or it's a first person perspective of what max's reality is 
you would have to understand either it's one of those two oh, options. Man. So either we're watching this as a third person viewer from Max's like up perspective and Max's world. And then that explains almost everything. If you think that like, oh, it's not real, but then why does Harlan and why does everybody react the way they do when they see these things? Like they see his arm just completely changed. They like, and then Harlan sees and looks at his arm and screams and everybody in that back room sees it and screams with him so you start to wonder like okay so is max hallucinating or is this happening so there's a lot of different routes to take in this movie and i think that's why it was such like it blew my mind that's a great that's a great thought i did not uh i also did not think about that in terms of considering it as as a first person experience and one more it makes you think again because they touch on what is perception what is a reality they talk about this point throughout the movie a lot. And now we as viewers go, what is our perception of the reality that we're being presented? And how is that a reality affected from their perception? Rude was his first great movie. It said scanners is kind of feels like his first major work. I think this is somewhere in the middle, like a combination of both things. And I think that, uh, if people want a Cronenberg movie with more substance, that's going to make you think and not just like an action film or a horror film. This is a good one to watch. Yeah. I think that I think you do when you watch it for the first time, I think you just need to take what's happening on the screen at service level and try not to think about it until like after the film is done. Because I do think that if you try too hard to unravel the film while you're watching it, it's going to be difficult to do. But I think if you just, if you take it as an experience, I really think I know, like I said, this movie is not for everyone, but the people that do watch it uh, and do latch on to it, it really is unlike anything that I've seen before. Yeah. Um, I would, and I would recommend it. Uh, and that being said, great transition. I want to, we want to hear your thoughts. So if you're watching this, uh, if you enjoyed our analysis of, of video Jerome, um, we would love to hear from you what your thoughts on the film are. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Uh, what are your thoughts on the philosophical aspect of the film? Definitely do us a favor, like this video, um, share it if you'd like to, leave us a comment. And next week, we are going to be watching After Hours, yep. another Scorsese film uh, that is kind of a supposedly, I know nothing about this, only what I've read on Wikipedia. Um, another dark comedy in the same vein of King of Comedy, which I'm very excited for. And a good thing, this is one of the Scorsese movies that I have not watched yet. So this, will so be, this is going to be, be fresh for both this of will us. Be a fresh take from both of us. And I excited. Thank you to everybody that's been with us this whole entire journey so far. More to come. Thank you, man. I I know I say thank you a lot, but I am really grateful to everybody that watches this. Um, stay and stay tuned. We have a lot of good stuff on the way. So thank you. Yeah, we are. And, and, uh, I don't know, we can cut this if you want to, but it is the, the content creators curse kind of thing where you, uh, you do things and it's like, it's not that I think our last couple episodes weren't good or anything like that. It's just that you get to a point where you start to, you get into a rhythm. Yeah. We're really, and I think, I think this this film really I, the other episodes were are good and I encourage you to watch them and thank you if you have but I think uh, you can expect that rhythm I think 
no, we, we hit that. We watched this film and I expect that to continue. So I really hope that you uh, stay with this journey on us. We're definitely hitting stay our strides on a little bit journey. on this. Yeah. So, I mean, even, even when we filmed the Lomo show, the other, uh, you know, the other day, we're just, we're kind of like getting into the rhythm of filming these now. So it's only going to get better. Absolutely agree. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Um, we will see you next week at the movies watching after hours by Martin Scorsese. I'm not Ebert. He's not Roper, but we're going to the movies, baby.